Your welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Yannick Salmon. Yannick began his collegiate career at University of Maryland, followed by Rutgers University. A three-year starter and two-time All-Biggie selection for the Scarlet Knights, Yannick was selected by the Chicago Fire with the 27th overall pick in the 2011 MLS Supplemental Draft. A standout player throughout high school, Yannick was named Nassau County Player of the Year, captain of the Region 1 Olympic Development Team, and a member of the U-17 and U-20 Jamaican National Teams. Yannick now serves as Assistant Director of Coaching at Metropolitan Oval Academy of MLS Next and is founder of his own training program to help develop soccer players across the New York City area. Yannick, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, so, yeah, so Yannick and uh, Yannick and I, I say, go go pretty far back. He, he was uh, he was always he's a few years older than me. I'm not sure how many. I think like three or four. Um, Two. Not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that old, man. Is it like, so? like, <laughs> you're 90? Oh, I'm a 90, man. man. You put, you push me up. <laughs> Listen, but I just, I don't know. I just felt like I remember like watching Yannick and I, I just felt, I remember I always felt real young. I don't know why. I always thought that Yannick was like five years older and uh, I don't know. Yannick was always. It's the way that I played. Yeah, I, I like think so. Player. I think so. Yannick was like, <laughs> like, so from what I remember about Yannick, Yannick was, from, from what I remember, yeah, Yannick was like a D mid um, or, mm-hmm. or like a like a holding midfielder, like a central midfielder, yeah. like a classic in my opinion, like box to box. I felt like you could you could defend, but you could also attack. Then the way you move, like you talked about the way you move, I feel like you were you were like a Yaya Torre. I don't know if anyone ever told you that, but that's, that's I get that. I yeah, I get <laughs> that a lot. Also, Patrick Vieira was like my idol. Yeah, nice. Up. I tried nice. to play like him. Uh, I wasn't the fastest or the quickest, but I was, you know, I played at one speed, but I, I got up and down as much as I could. Though. No, yeah, but you know what it was? Maybe, yeah, maybe that the kind of like old school style you're talking about. You really like, I felt like you slowed the game down, like, but it, it could yeah. be like a really fast game, um, but you really slowed it down. And I, I remember watching you uh, a, a few times and that's, you know, that's that's a unique skill. Like for anyone, you know, who doesn't really understand soccer when you have those players you know like a um like a Pirlo or um like uh gosh I'm yeah I guess like a Yaya Torre and 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 for for people who don't know those players look them up but when you when you've seen those players they just take such a high paced game and you're able to it, the ball goes into them and then it's just like it's just like <laughs> everyone takes a deep breath right everyone relaxes yeah. and it's like man this man's going to control the game and that's always i remember seeing um you know i played with you obviously growing up but like you know that was that was a little bit more in, in practices it was actually when i saw yeah. you play pretty competitively where i was like man like this man like really controls the game like you know so um so yeah, yeah it was just... a it was a gift and a curse a little <laughs> bit you know uh, just slowing down the game uh, as much as I could all the time. I was like, uh, some coaches loved it. Some coaches hated it. I was always too relaxed, always too relaxed. They're like, you got to go crazy, go hard. And I'm like, no, relax, man. I got the ball. Don't worry. All right, I got time. I got space. It's okay. you know, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. And I think I saw, uh, you know, I, I, I remember playing. I remember playing. I remember seeing you play. Um, I don't know, for some reason, like two times stand out to me. I believe 
for one time, um, I, I think I, I feel like I saw you play when you were representing like Region One. I don't know; it just kind of rings a bell. Um, yeah. It was either that or Gachi. It was it was one of them, but I just I feel like Region One rings a bell. And then it was also when you were playing for for Rutgers. I remember mm-hmm. my dad and I, um, and, and Yannick and I, we we our dads know each other as well. We yeah. kind of grew up playing around the same same people, same trainers yeah. and things. And but our dads, right, both Jamaican dads, so yep. um, <laughs> knew each other tight tight knit over there. Um, but then my dad took me to to see a Rutgers game, and I, I think that was like the first real like college soccer game. Like honestly, I'm thinking back to it that like I saw before I started the recruiting process and like obviously coaches started recruiting me and I was seeing different teams play. That was actually the first game. It was a Rutgers game. I'm pretty sure we came to see you. And that was probably the first game that I saw like voluntarily for like a college soccer game. That I think I was like probably like 15, 16, like right before yeah. the recruiting started. So um, you didn't uh, lead the game like, damn, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it was? And it was like, you know, some people, like some people, especially in the Queens area, like, some, you know, I, I speak to some people and they're like, oh, yeah, I always went to St. John's soccer games or like I always went to like Hofstra games, Adelphi games, things like that. And I just never I never did. Like to me, I didn't even understand the whole um, like the hype around college soccer until I actually started getting recruited. Because to me, I was like I was just playing. I was like, I don't know, like I just I want to get to the next level. Maybe it's college, maybe it's something else. But I was never really like, all right, like this is the college I want to go to. I'm gonna go watch a game. But it was like it was a good thing I did because it was when I watched those game. I, when I watched that game, I feel like maybe 15, 16, I still didn't even really hit like my full on growth spurt. So I just feel like I went to that game and I was like, damn, these are these are grown men. Like I think yeah, I, was just, yeah, yeah. I was most surprised by like the size and like the physicality. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't yeah, even especially like, yeah. college soccer, the game is is quite fast, right? And I mean, you have a lot of you know, you have a lot of like you said, grown men. You have sometimes 21, 22 year olds even playing some foreigners who come in at a as a freshman at twenty one. Yeah. Uh, so you know, being I was a young um I was young when I went to college. I was 17. Uh, so to be able to, you know, hang out with, hang around uh, and match up with those older players, man, it, it was a process for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you were 17 when you went to college. Okay. So, okay. So I'm not, I'm not totally off when I say three, four years because you were, yeah. you were, you were a year ahead. I mean, I probably when yeah. I was a freshman, you were, you were graduating or, or maybe a senior. Yeah. So. No, that's what it is. I left uh, high school early. A year okay. Early. So okay. everyone always thought I was older. That's I was why. Like, I feel like that's yeah. why. Yeah. When you said two years, I was like, nah, no way. You were just two years <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, man. So listen, let's um let's get right into it. So how did you how did you get into uh soccer and, and what initiated your love for the sport? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is growing up in a Jamaican family. Um it's you know, my father was such a big influence. He was a, a coach around here he basically you know we always joke around today um that if you were jamaican and you lived in lived and played in new york at one time you played for my dad (laughs) um so he was big in the caribbean scene caribbean soccer scene uh, around new york so you know i grew up just being at his games all the time um he actually funny story he actually was late to my birth uh, because he was coaching a game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was coaching a game. So I spent my childhood basically just being around the pitch all the time, being with him at the team's training, et cetera. And he just kind of uh, instilled my love for the sport. Really. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, even before we started chatting, um, you know, I, the first thing was like, man, how's your dad? Because uh, I, I definitely remember him and I'm, I'm pretty sure I played for him too. So your dad, <laughs> I'm not sure, was your dad the, was your dad kind of the, I don't want to say the architect, but was your dad one of the coaches for Jamaica Maroons or was that? Um, was not he Jam- not that? Jamaica Maroons, more uh, Real Caribe. Real Caribe, okay. Real Caribe he was, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. For, for forever. So okay, it was big okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we have another good friend, uh, Omar, um, who, who's, yeah. who's whose dad. I think he was he was mainly. I think he was the Jamaican Maroons. Yeah, he um, was. Yeah, yeah, and I remember playing with them. Yeah, okay, real Caribe. I remember though as well. I remember as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And what was um you know what was your if you could point to one just memory that stands out to you when you were younger? Is there one like most favorite childhood sports memory that that kind of stands out to you? You know, I was. I had so many, so many positive memories as a kid. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing for Auburndale, and uh, I remember just, you know, as now we're speaking, like when I'm a bit younger, um, playing at Fort Titan every Saturday, every Sunday. I just remember like always being late to the game, but running up the hill, <laughs> and you know how long that hill was, and like I'd get to the game, and I'm already so tired. Um, but then you know just getting to play there every weekend and and just balling out and having fun Um, when I got when I got a little bit older playing with the regional teams going on the trips you know trips to Europe trips to South America you know I have one really fond memory uh, that stands out Uh, on a trip to Italy we played a tournament and uh, I was playing center back. I remember we made it to the finals. It was, was a, quite a big tournament. You know, before the match, we were in the locker room and you could see on the walls of the locker room all the big players that had played there in that tournament before. You know, I remember specifically looking at a picture of Frank Lampard as a kid playing for West Ham. And I remember just being so motivated to go out. Um, we we're in the final. We we're like losing 1-0. Uh, my coach at the time was Rob McCourt. I was playing center back, and, you know, I just remember him, in, like, last 15, 20 minutes of the game, like, go up, play center mid, and just, like, started, you know, it was like the range came off, right, and just started to dribble, look for passes, get shots on goal, I ended up getting an assist to tie the game. I think it was to uh, Billy Schuler, um, who ended up being a pro player as well. Um, we ended up going to PKs. We we actually lost in PKs, uh, but I ended up winning MVP of the tournament. You know, I got this huge trophy to take back to the States. Um, so that was, you know, I just, I have moments like that in, in my youth, but that was a huge one for me at the time, uh, just to something, something to really be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And Listen, I can't. I can't necessarily relate to the to the international trips and and those things that you did when you were young. I didn't do too many, but the Fort Totten I could definitely relate to. Yeah, um, <laughs> <in Fort> Totten. <laughs> um, yeah. And Fort Totten was essentially um, so. Yeah, it was a former fort, right? And uh, I don't know. Was it like I guess like a like a military base or like yeah, something yeah. along those lines? So so it, security was always tight, and we always had to park down and we had to walk up because you couldn't take your cars up. Even though there was a road, a clear road, um, but we always had to <laughs> park, park down low and then like run up the hill. And if you were late and you had to run up that hill, that was the worst. Because like you said, you get to the game and you're gassed. It was really, yeah. really long. I was always late. 
I'm always like, you know, my parents, Jamaican parents sometimes, uh, every single game. <laughs> yeah, that was like Auburndale's home field back in the day. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. They still use it, actually. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I've coached, I've coached there a few times. Brings up a lot of memories. <laughs> nice, nice. And and looking back at it, you know, what, what was your dream? What did you ultimately want to accomplish with, with soccer in the future? You know, I, uh, from I can remember, uh, the only thing I wanted to do was be a professional player. Um, I really wanted to play professionally in Europe. I wouldn't say for, you know, I became an Arsenal fan pretty young, but it wasn't for like, you know, I just wanted to make it. I knew I just wanted to spend my life and spend every day playing football. So, um, and I, like I said, it came, uh, it was instilled in me from, from my dad, but just being able to watch a lot of the players that he coached, you know, some made it pro and, you know, even being able to visit Europe sometimes as a kid and and um, watch professional teams, watch professional games. It uh, it just drove that that goal further and further in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, um, you know, I've for you and, 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 and probably I don't know if you, you ever really had like, OK, I want to get to this specific point, like whether it's, you know, uh whether it's playing for a specific team or a specific league. Um, but tell, just tell me in terms of, you know, like the, the cause obviously you went on into, to, um, you know, you were, you were drafted and, and you played a bit after college, but um, you know, tell me a little bit about probably like the highest point in your career where you felt closest to, to achieving this dream or reaching these, these levels that you kind of set your mind to. Was there a point or a moment in time where you were like, yeah, I feel like I'm close right now. Yes, I think there was, yeah, there, there were many, right? And I think when you're going along that road uh, to becoming or trying to become a professional player, there's so many uh, hills and valleys, right? And um, I had many, many different hills, many peaks. Um, the closest, I would say, is when I actually did sign a professional contract. You know, I, I played in Finland, uh, Finland Premier League for a year. Um, and I remember the the season before I went uh, I went to trial there for like a month and uh, after the first two weeks they told me that I would sign a contract that they would offer me a contract uh, but I said you know what let me stay they had a month left or so in their season I said let me stay to the end of the season and just you know get to know the team better get used to the training and then I can always go home there wasn't much home waiting for me either um so i just remember that the the last few days before i left i officially signed the contract and i flew back to new york and in my mind at that point in time like everything was everything was still possible that was in 2013 actually um so i was just at the beginning um, so for me everything was open at that time yeah yeah nice nice and you know, I have to I have to kind of touch on just just because, like I mentioned, you were probably after I, I saw that game and, and and I went to that Rutgers game. Um, you know, I, that's when I really started the whole college process and understanding the different like conferences and just like you know, um, just such a high level like the high level that 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 college Division One soccer soccer can can be at. Um, but in the, even before that, when you when you were recruited, you went to University of Maryland, and I remember still like i think i was thinking about it at the time or 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 maybe even afterwards looking back at it i was like man like university of maryland like that for me 
I think during that time period, there were two teams that was like dominating college soccer. And for me, it was University yeah. of Maryland and University of Virginia. And so if you went yeah. to Maryland or you went to UVA, you were like top notch. And I remember when I heard that, like you were going there, I was like, oh, damn, Yannick's going to Maryland. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's big time. I know, you know, obviously more teams that have come through um, to kind of to, to, to be kind of top dogs now. But that time you know, those are two schools that stood out to me as like, man, these are, these are two, two of the best schools in the country. Um, so what, what was like your, your, you know, your experience, like, you know, University of Maryland and, 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 and just in terms of, of, of being recruited as, from such a high or, or from such a high, like a high school? Yeah. Listen, when I, when I got recruited there, um, there was a lot of expectation for me, no doubt, you know, uh, Marisa Du had just left University mm-hmm. of Maryland and, and gone to, you know, go pro. Uh, so I was basically brought in to fill fill the gap that was left by him, and and um, I was a big recruit coming out of high school. You know, being on the U.S. and then youth Jamaica national teams as well. Um, there was a lot of expectation. I was really motivated, really motivated at the time. You know, when I came in, as I told you before, I was seventeen. I, I literally just turned seventeen, like a couple months before. Right. preseason um so i was i was really young really young kid um i did well as a freshman i basically i played every game um for the big uh, for the beginning of the season the first part you know i was starting and doing really well um, and then there was at times you know my my immaturity and uh, just being such a young uh, player not necessarily on the field but a little bit off the field you know, just learning how to to uh, be in an environment, like in a college environment. You know, my roommates were 21 yeah, at the yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm seven, just turned 17. I'm in this new environment. Um, so it was a little bit tough for me to adjust to that. You know, I was so focused on I just want to play and I'm going to leave and I want to go pro um, as soon as I can. You know, and then when you come into this kind of team environment and you know how it is in college, um, you first and foremost, you have to be part of the team, you know, and, and it, that's just not that's not just on the field. It's, it's off the field as well. You know, being good with your teammates. Um, also taking the responsibilities as a freshman. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of tough adjustment, more off the field than on the field. Um, but overall, you know, I, I, I don't regret anything. You know, after transferring, after transferring out, um, you know, I ended up going to Rutgers and having a really uh, successful career. So, yeah, yeah, no, you definitely did. No, you definitely did. Like I said, I uh, still remember running. <laughs> still remember you running that pitch on Rutgers. So uh, <laughs> down there in um, um, in Jersey. So what you know, and you went on to you know, you obviously, like, as you mentioned, you went on to, to play in in, in Finland. And um, just you know, so a few professional um, experiences, but was there like a moment where it was like, okay, you kind of realized that, that your playing days would, would come to an end? Yeah, for me, it was very clear. Uh, was unfortunate when I was playing in Finland, uh, the last couple games of the season, I hurt my knee really bad. And at the time I, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know to the extent at which it was, right? So I actually kept playing through it for the last like three games. I literally I couldn't pass the ball with my left foot at all. My knee would start to hurt, but, you know, I just tried to manage, fight through it. Um, and when I came back 
in the off season, you know, I got checked out by a doctor and, uh, they told me that I had tore a ligament in my knee and, uh, I was like, wow, you know, they were like this, you're going to be out for a minimum of four months. And that was such a shock to me at the time. But I said, okay, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens to everybody. You're going to fight my way through this and then going to come back even stronger. My team, uh, back in Finland, they understood, um, so I ended up staying in New York for a few months, surgery and then rehabbing. And then I got back to training again. And uh, unfortunately, I basically I came back way too soon. I was actually training. I remember uh, I was training with New York Cosmos at the time, actually, who you had uh, on your podcast earlier. Leo at the yeah. time was there. And I remember training and then after about a week of training during one session, I feel like a pinch in my back and I'm like, Ooh, you know, what's this? I go to therapy for a while, uh, but nothing is, uh, they don't know what it is. And after about a month or two, I went to go see a specialist in the city and he told me right away after looking at my MRI, he was like, you tore your labor, you tore your labor in your hip. And uh, it's like, you're going to be out for about eight, nine months with this. And I just remember walking out of the office and being, I, the moment that he said it to me, I knew it was done. Mm. You know, my knee wasn't feeling great already. Um, and then, of course, to be out eight, nine months. And then, then you start training again. And then you know how it is. It's going to take another four or five months to get back into the level that you were before. So basically looking at almost year and a half to two years, having been in a, out of the game. Wow. And uh, I knew at that moment, it was just, it was too much to come back from. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's, that's always tough. And I always kind of, I think in my head, I'm like, I wonder if it's, if it's almost like an easier transition out of sport when when you kind of have like an injury right because it's because in your head you're like man there was nothing i could do about that but but then sometimes you know as opposed to making the decision just for various other reasons to, to stop playing when you're still healthy you can still play at the top level you know what i mean so yeah. um i kind of go back and forth sometimes i'm like i want i don't know if that makes it any easier you know having an injury and 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 that force in the transition out of sport but what was that like what was that moment like for uh, for you or that just that period uh, just kind of dealing with that and dealing with that reality it was the most painful thing i've ever had to go through in my life you know i mean I was in the city and I'm walking out of the, uh, <laughs> out of the office. I remember taking the train back and I'm literally just, you know, like tears rolling down my eyes, like in public. And I, I knew that basically my whole life I've been, um, working to get towards a goal. And of course I reached the first step in that goal, which for me was the, my first contract, but it was just a step, but to have that ripped away from me, uh, it, it was really painful and it's not something that you get over with right away right i mean uh, it took it took a long time long time for me to be able to get over it uh as you mentioned you know part of it is you can at least be comforted that it was taken away from you um to be honest i think it's i think it's better that it happened to me that way because I don't think I would have ever stopped playing. <laughs> playing. You know, I would have kept going forever and forever. And I think uh, 
I had other things probably in my life that I needed to uh, reach towards and to move on to. Um, and that kind of sped up the process for what I think was probably uh, a little bit what I was meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and we'll, we'll get into kind of just the different things that you're, that you're doing now, but, you know, um, just kind of like to ask this question, um, just going back. And, and like you said, you, there were certain things that happened that were out of your control, but, you know, looking back at things, um, you know, you had a, a very fulfilling career and um, you also, you know, you transferred schools, which is always a, a difficult decision as well. But looking back at it, you know, is there anything, anything like in your path previously or just anything that you would go back to and, and change um, to, to, to kind of uh, adjust the outcome of the path that, that took you to where you are today? You know, I've thought about this for such a long time. I know every athlete, when they're done playing, they just keep um, rerunning different scenarios over and over and in their head. And I think it took a long time for me to come to grips with, I think I did everything that I could. And to be honest, you know, uh, some players wish that they would have trained harder or they wish they would have done this. I trained as hard as I could, you know, and I gave everything I, I had uh, to the game. Uh, the only thing that I would think about is, was two things. One, um, I probably would have handled my injuries a bit better. You know, I was always kind of taught to like fight through everything, go harder, work, keep working. Uh, but, and I try to tell kids today this, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. When you're injured, you got to you gotta make sure that you take care of yourself. You got to take care of your body properly. Whether you have an upcoming game or a tournament, uh, it's not worth the next five, six years of your career, this one game or this one uh, event. Um, so there was many times, you know, I had ankle injuries. I had, you know, I, I hurt my knee. I'm like, uh, that basically slowed down the process for me. And... Uh, if I could change one thing, the first thing would be that, you know, when I, when I suffered a major injury, just let it heal properly, come back at the right time. And then uh, I probably would have been able to add maybe at least another year or two onto my career. Yeah. And then just um, the second thing is really uh, taking the advice of my coaches a little bit more, being more open to what they thought I could do or what was best for me as opposed to just what I wanted. Um, you know, I played as a six, I played as a center back. And I remember a few coaches telling me like, you know, as a center back, you're, you're a really good six. Don't get me wrong. You're, you're very good, but as a center back, you can be like, mm. you can be top tier. And I remember being like, ah, I don't want to play center back. <laughs> I want to play a six, you know, I want to be even the eight. I want to attack. I want to go, you know, um, and I resisted against it so much, mm. you know, even, even in college, I resisted against it. It wasn't until later on that, um, I accepted it. And I feel like that probably derailed my development a little bit more. If at 15, 16, when coaches were telling me that I got, I probably would have started to work on some deficiencies I had as a center back and maybe could have excelled even further in that position. But like I said, at the end of the day, um, not much regrets with, uh, I did the best I could with the knowledge I had at the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I don't think um I don't think anyone can blame you for not wanting to play defense. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know you're the Jamaicans as well. They're like, you're a number ten. No, you have to use your skill. My dad's like, You're a number ten. You're not a center back. I think I think that's when my center back days ended actually when I was playing. I still remember I was playing for Archbishop Malloy High School in Queens. Um I was on the J V team as a freshman. And we were in the city finals against Severian, all boys school out of Brooklyn. And mm -hmm. uh, playing at St. John's University. I remember that's where we played the city finals. I was playing center back and I scored an own goal. And it was like the worst <laughs> own goal. I mean, I mean, it was a free kick and I was, you know, the free kick on goal. And I was kind of running back towards the goal. The ball hits off the crossbar into my chest and in, right? And it was just like, it was like <laughs> an embarrassing one, you know? And, and I feel like my dad had a chat with me after that. He's like, yeah, you're not. He didn't know something. <laughs> He's like, we don't work on moves. We don't work on moves all day for you to be a center back scoring on your own goal and all that. So yeah, like, yeah. And exactly. That's when it ended for real. So I get it. I get it. Uh, and listen, and you, um, you know, you, you're you're an active coach right now. Um, but it, so I'm sure that you're providing just just life lessons and 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 just um. Uh, messages to to kids all day long, right? Just not even just about soccer, but about life. Um, and just being now that you've gone through the whole, you know, sport retirement process, transition process, I'm sure that you've learned a lot of lessons along the way. But, you know, if you could give just one piece of advice about sport retirement, about the transition process to, you know, maybe um, current athletes uh, who are thinking about retiring or maybe even, you know, former athletes um, who've struggled with this as well. You know, just kind of when the, when your days are over as an athlete, what do you think that that one piece of advice uh, would be? Wow. Um, well, number one, that there really is a life outside of playing soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, because as a player, everything that you do in your life revolves around the game. Everything from the, from your habits to even your friends, you know, how you hang out with your friends. Most of your friends actually are doing the same thing. Um, so that there is really a life outside of playing soccer. And the quicker you can accept that and start to explore that, the happier that you're going to be. Mm. Um, and then also, you know, try not to, again, try not to dwell too much on what could have been, uh, what could I have done? Uh, at the end of the day, you are where you are now, right? And, and everybody has things that maybe they could have changed. Maybe if this happened or that happened, it would be better. But the most important thing is to have blinders on and try to look forward and try to find try to find really what you love to do it might still be in the game somehow there's the game is so multifaceted that there are a million different things that you can do to still be involved in the game whether it's being a coach um whether it's being a scout for example um whether it's on the business side of of sports or the entertainment side of the game um, there's so many different avenues and don't be afraid to to try to try different things and, and really find out what you love. For me, it was quite clear. I think I was born, you know, to be a coach more than a player, actually. Nice. Uh, to, to follow in my dad's footsteps a bit. Um, you know, I try, I tried different things uh, and I was really open, uh, but it, it kind of, 
knocked me over the head like you're gonna be a coach like just just keep going into it as quickly as you can yeah yeah no i love that i love that just speaking of the different avenues right when it, and i think it's um sometimes it's hard to explain that to to a kid who's who, who has those professional aspirations to think that yeah. no i'm not gonna play i'm gonna do something else other than playing like get out of here yeah right? so um, <laughs> um and i'm sure you you know you're dealing when you're working with kids you probably deal with conversations like that a, a decent amount but um yeah yeah and kind of going into you know going into coaching I, you know I, I definitely before we we end off here i do want to ask you a little bit about you know the the coaching that you're doing right now, right? And gosh, I feel like I sound a little old when I'm saying this, but I remember Academy. Um, so Academy, just you know, I'll just I'll just paint the picture here. Academy was was essentially just kind of like a like a U.S. developmental youth league that they formed when I was about uh, I think about 14. Um, yeah, and. Essentially, it was, I think, a way to to really kind of get all the best players in the country. And what I remember is your is is the showcases, right? Because you would go to certain showcases, you play teams across the country, and this is where like the college coaches would come, they would watch. But it was really just kind of like a funnel, in my, uh, is what I saw it as to to um, to get the best players in one set league um, to mm-hmm. for the for the most exposure, right? And when I was playing Academy, right, there was, um, you know, I played for, for BW Gotchu, um, which was a team out of Queens, and there was Med Oval, who you can now coach for, and we were like definitely rivals. But I remember I was still able to to play high school soccer, right? And that, that was big time for me because that was like, I remember just high school soccer being a huge confidence boost for me. And then when I graduated, that's when Academy said, okay, players, now you, you know, you can't play high school because I think they wanted to put more focus on the Academy. But I have, the reason I say I feel like I'm old is because now I feel like it's changed so much and it's now this mm-hmm. um, MLS Next, which is, I, I know what they call it now. So I wanted to ask you, as you're someone who's fully involved in it and fully involved in, in, in Met Oval as a club, if you could just explain a little bit what what exactly is MLS Next? Um, how does that differ from from Academy the way I just explained it? And what are just kind of some of the some of the new additions or things that they've, they've done? Yeah, so um, the MLS Next, is a recent uh, development actually it's only two years old basically happened started during covid uh, and took the place at the u.s developmental academy that you played in um it's essentially the same thing like you said it's a funnel for the best players to play in the best league and all against each other the only difference is the, the the da was run by the u.s soccer federation um, now MLS Next is run by all the MLS clubs. It is the same setup, the same format, um, and to be honest, most of the time, the same like people who are, who are operating and running it. Uh, they have added um, in certain age groups a uh, like MLS just tier, right? So all the MLS clubs, they, they play against themselves, NYCFC, New York Red Bulls, Philly Union, etc um and then the other clubs play against each other but still have opportunities to to play against those clubs we have the showcases a couple times a year Uh, at the end of the season there is the playoff and the showcase as well um so basically all the top teams from each bracket across the country uh they go to the playoffs in dallas in texas and and fight for to be the national champion in each age, well, in the U15s and up, so U15s to U19s. Um, it has a lot of things that still needs to be worked out within the league. 
you know, it's own, like I said, it's only two years old, whereas the DA at the time that it ended was about maybe it's 12th year, 12th, 13th year or something like that. Um, So it's still figuring out a lot of things. Um, There's still a lot of players that aren't getting into that landscape, into the league um, early enough. Um, But it is the, you know, what I feel and many coaches and uh, people around feel that it is the best kind of placement and environment for for kids to be playing at a high level in this country. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Well, listen, I'm glad to hear that not much has changed since when I, when, yeah, from what I remember as Academy. Anytime they change a the name or something, I'm like, oh, like, I don't know anything yeah. now. Like, I'm old. Like, <laughs> they changed the whole <laughs> yeah. system. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, uh, Football and, has stayed the same. No, it's that's very good, very good. And, and Gachi and Medovo still still doing well. Who's uh who's who's leading? It's, uh, listen, it's a <laughs> it's a bitter rivalry. <laughs> I think it's uh it's only gotten worse. Oh since, uh, man, since you were playing. Well, when I was playing, Medovo was not Medovo yet. They just basically, you know, it was Brooklyn Knights, right, right? And um, you know, I went to college the year before the DA started. And that's kind of when Medoval started to get on the scene as, as what it is now. Gotcha. Um, and obviously, you know, we won't talk about who I played for knowing that. Um, but the, the rivalry has definitely taken. But in the end, it's, you know, it is respectful. Yeah. And it is, it is really good for the environment. It's really good for the landscape to have teams that, that really compete against each other, um, you know, like they do everywhere else in the world. Yeah. You know, derbies and rivalries are not a new thing. Um, so to have them here, especially in New York, is honestly it's a it's a blessing. No, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah, listen, I won't I won't have you on record saying I think I'll check the website and see who's leading, who's <laughs> who's, uh, who's topping the boards. For, but uh, <laughs> um, but listen, Yannick, we'll hold it there, man. Listen, I really really appreciate you. I mean, like you said, this is Yannick was explaining to me just how much coaching has taken over his life. So Tuesday night, this is a Tuesday night, eight p.m. This was literally like his only free night, and he dedicated it to this. So I really, I really appreciate it, man. For, uh, All right. Anytime, man, to talk about footy again. You know, <laughs> not necessarily, not exactly a night off. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Still in the culture. So listen, man, um, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, let your dad know I said hello. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll, do. we'll definitely, I'll definitely see you around soon, bro. Thank you for having me, man.